Welcome to Alternatives to AA. This is Joshua Robinson, and I've been three years sober. And I'm Monique Robinson, and I'm two years sober. And we're here on a mission to help make the difficult journey of sobriety even easier to manage. Nobody in my world ever thought that I'd actually manage to be sober. So now we're taking what we've learned in the last decade to be able to help you too. And we're not against AA. We just need to learn how to manage the other 23 hours of the day. From communication to relationships to self-care, we're going to show you how to cope when your triggers try to take you down. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. to uncover not only how to live without alcohol, but to thrive in sobriety and to swap out your addiction for a better life with the help of Alternatives to AA. So let's go. Hey guys, welcome to Alternatives to AA. I'm with my friend Brian, and he's one month and a half sober. And uh, we're just going to talk about um, some of the short-term benefits of not drinking and also his philosophy on life. Um, So yeah, we'll just go from there. So... So not drinking for a while, what was the main benefits that you saw? The main benefit is increased energy, Hmm. just natural, because I would find myself like not falling asleep in the middle of the day, but like knowing that I didn't get enough rest Hmm. and, you know, like two, three o'clock rolls around and you're starting to doze off a little bit, you know, you reach for the coffee and you kind of, you kind of use that as like a, an energy booster, but it doesn't really give you energy it's just a false energy yeah that i definitely noticed was the biggest thing um and then the energy that you get from being having more restful sleep Mm. you know that translates to other things too because if you're tired but you have things to do like whatever you got to go to the store you got to take your kid to baseball you got to go to the gym like sometimes you just go home and just sit there and relax or just start drinking again (laughs) <laughs> go home and you know what i'm i'm too exhausted today i'm just gonna go home and have a beer and sit there and relax and then you feel better but you're not really better <laughs> yeah but it's interesting about the energy thing because alcohol for a lot of people gives them temporary stimulant yeah yeah for sure but everyone always just calls it a depressant but no it's, it's i definitely, definitely noticed that because um after about a week my sleep was like awesome you know it was like clockwork like 11 o'clock at night i was like okay time to go to sleep now yeah whereas before i could uh stay up a lot later yeah because i was stimulated by yeah you can stay up till two o'clock or whatever and if you start to get tired like let's say it's like a weekend night you're having a good time you're having fun you don't want to go to sleep you're watching a movie you're doing whatever um, or you're hanging out with friends, you just have another one. It'll re-stimulate that feeling that you have. Yeah. And the, the feel-good feelings come back. Yeah. And you can stay up longer. That's how people black out. Yeah. That's, that's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what happens when you black out, right? Yeah. Your mind goes to sleep, mm-hmm. but your body is still awake. <laughs> yeah. That's always, always scary. Like, I've had that happen a couple of times, and every time... It's really scary. It's like you literally wake up in a nightmare. What did I do wrong? You look at your phone. You're like, who did I text yesterday? Who, you know, it's like, you know, and it's not really anything embarrassing, but you don't know what you did. Yeah. So you have to check on it. You feel dumb. That's the, that's the anxiety. That's part (laughs) of the anxiety that you get. You get anxiety after, um, a night like that Yeah. because we've all drunk drunk texted people and made phone calls and oh yeah you know um done dumb shit i mean i've accidentally hurt myself a couple times yeah which is when you're like okay like this is not good because it's weird with alcohol you you know what you're doing still unless you black out but even when you're blacked out you still know what you're doing yeah you just aren't really cognizant of what you're doing. Like if you were watching yourself do what you were doing, you'd be like, "Stop, stop!" But yeah. in your mind, you're like, "Fuck it, I don't care." Oh, it, well, that's the main. <laughs> the main thing is alcohol. Just really is the I don't care drug. Oh yeah. You know, it's just the when you get to that. Like I, I mentioned a couple of times on the podcast. Like when you get to the stage of fuck it, that's when alcohol is so appealing because you're already in that mind state of who cares. So if you have a have drinks, it just 
amplifies that who cares so oh, then yeah. you fight with people you drive hurt yourself home. yeah you just do all this stuff that you know is i'm not, not... gonna get pulled over yep yeah <laughs> exactly I, mean, I never have but um you wake up the next day and you're like holy shit i can't believe i did that yeah. you know because your sober brain is like why would you do that mm. but yeah. your intoxicated brain is like i literally don't care what happens right now yeah is this all impulse kind of, it's not logical yeah. kind of stuff. No, it's not. It's, I, I don't know what it is. I wish I knew what it was. I would almost say it's like that, like this primitive, primitive part yeah, of your you. reptilian brain. Yeah. I would, sounds I would say that, by saying you know, you want to like, like take the girl, girl at the bar and just throw over your shoulder and yeah. be a caveman, you know? <laughs> or yeah. Or, or you'll. You know, one of the reasons that I relied on alcohol a lot mm. is one of the reasons a lot of people do, yeah. especially when they go out, is um, it's a social lubricant, as yeah. I say. You know, I'm a pretty shy guy, generally speaking. You say that, but then, you know, Once, you have a I'm lot a, of friends. I'm like an introvert. Yeah. I have a lot of really good, close friends. Um, and I'm myself with them, yeah. you know? But when it comes to like talking to new people or it's like bullshitting, you know, seeing a girl that I want to talk to or something like that, um, I I wouldn't, you know, without the without the alcohol. Yeah, I yeah. mean, but everybody everybody at a bar is drinking, so yeah. you know it doesn't matter at that point. But yeah. um, like like let's say you're in a in the supermarket. Mm not exactly the place that you're going to go approach somebody you know what i mean um but if i was drunken at the supermarket then you can i might i've done that you know what before. i mean because it's like you're that that fear that you have yeah it's like, who cares you don't care oh if i get rejected, I get rejected who cares shit. dude when i when i first started to try to do like when i was in my 20s the you know uh whatever that um that like kind of tech those techniques to try to pick up women like pua up, or whatever yeah, artists yeah. yeah like I, yeah i was trying to do that but i could not do it without drinking but once like you said i would have like literally like one or two shots and then go do that and i was i got successful with it but before that i was like no way in hell because your your mind just overthinks everything you know yeah and you know the I'm not advocating drinking, by the way, <laughs> if you're in your 20s no. and trying to pick up chicks. <laughs> you know, let's not uh, focus on that. Yeah. But, but it's a good point, though. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I, I don't know. I, I was always against, like, meeting a girlfriend or something at a bar or whatever. Um, but it had it has happened. Yeah, you know, and like a long term thing that just just we just both ended up being there. Both don't go out that often, but yeah. ended up meeting each other and like had like a two year, you know, decent uh, relationship. But yeah. um, if you are using it, if you're going out and drinking solely with the point of like picking up girls like you just said like the pickup techniques and stuff yeah. like that i mean that gets stressful it's like what am i gonna say now you're even worried about that you're like what kind of because the thing that i learned with the pickup artist stuff mm. is like it's not you yeah it's you're saying something that somebody told you to say it's a persona yeah for sure and it's not your persona so you yeah. can fake it for a little while but then eventually they're gonna find <clears throat> out oh wait this isn't yeah. so this guy's a liar yeah right it's it's that's why the i don't i don't really subscribe to that way of like meeting people oh yeah i agree just be a decent person yeah it's not yeah for any of the younger guys just just treat the girl as a normal person they're there's, there's, just no, another there's no secret to it. Yeah. The, the, you, if you, let's say you're at the gym for an example, mm -hmm. you know, because there are people that only interact with each other at the gym. Yeah. We don't hang out with each other really. Like I've met a couple friends at the gym, but I see the same people all the time, mm -hmm. but I don't talk to them. Yeah. But if you, um, if you were going to go up to a girl at the gym, she, she may have been sitting there for two months waiting for the, 
opportunity to talk to you or was attracted to you but didn't want to feel awkward or weird or whatever. Um, but it's really hard to like step over that threshold because you don't want to embarrass yourself. Yeah. You know. Um, but if you were drunk at the gym, <laughs> drunk at the gym, not the smartest idea. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm kind of going off. But um, my point is like, you'd be surprised who is attracted to you if you are attracted to them. You just have to. Yeah, you just uh, have to cross br- that bridge, basically. Yeah. But at the gym, I, I I've always been against that. Yeah, because you don't shit where you eat. Yeah, true. It's true. like, what if you do that? And now she's going to go tell all her little gym friends that you went up and talked to her. And now the guys that she knows at the gym are going to find out too. Yeah. And now they're going to look at you like you're a fucking creep. Yeah. So I don't talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I talked to, I talked to the guys that lift and work out the way that I do. Yeah. And they're all really nice people. Yeah. So, and I, half the time I'm like, I should invite this guy over to hang out, you know? Let's have a like spend time outside of the gym, yeah. Where we just bullshit about like work and yeah, crap like that, you know. Because it's hard to meet friends and as an adult, so that is true. Yeah, the gym is a good. Place. And, and to take it away from like the dating, trying to like date somebody, it's like sometimes it's weird to go up to a guy and like, hey, he could be a good friend of mine. We all we have the same interests. We, you know, I see him wear Metallica and metal band shirts i like metal like yeah it's so hard to meet friends too so that could even be awkward but that is true i mean not really <laughs> for me as far as that goes but um yeah so i don't know yeah it's, just, it's hard to talk to people these days agreed especially with <clears throat> we're getting way off topic but especially with like uh Sorry. with like politics and all this stuff so and you know everyone's been distanced for a while so everyone's kind of like a little bit standoffish so it's even harder than it was before the pandemic yeah and it's hard to find trustworthy people yeah because you could you could meet a friend and then like you like tell them some shit about yourself and then it comes back to you from another person you're like what the hell man yeah you're supposed to keep that (laughs) <laughs> we were, when when I have conversations with people, mm. conversations I have with them don't leak into anywhere else. Yeah, you know I don't gossip about still. You know, so so told me. <laughs> but some people do that. Yeah, because they maybe they don't like you, but they convinced you to tell them some shit about your personal life, and then they know somebody else that you know, and then it just. I mean, we live in a small town, so yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, I see people everywhere that I know, but I've never spoke to. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Anyway, but uh, yeah, and, and I mean, some other points that we were thinking about was like skin complexion. That. Uh, yeah, I. Whenever I, you know, because when you drink, you get dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Um. It's really awful for your body. I mean, your body just, it's a diuretic. It just, it makes you have to go to the bathroom too. Yeah. So all your water is out of your body and it's also out of your organs, your brain, your Mm -hmm. skin. So my skin would be like really dry. Yeah. But I noticed now because I drink a ton of water, but I noticed now that I'm not really like drinking as much water like i'm i'm hydrated yeah i don't feel the need to like down like a gallon of water as soon as i get up you know (laughs) and your face gets dry your skin gets dry yeah and then after a while well after probably it probably takes about three or four days to rehydrate totally properly so someone's been drinking for a while like after three to four days that's yeah that's when they're drinking miller light all day long (laughs) In which case you're hydrating yourself too. I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll dry your body out. Yeah. Actually, there's a really funny bodybuilding story huh. um, about uh, Ronnie Coleman. 
he was with uh kevin lebron yeah one of his trainers yeah and it was the day before the meet had like a shot right he had four shots of like whiskey because he was so nervous yeah and he couldn't dry his body out anymore and he was like and his was it kevin lebron uh he used to do that yeah but and he said he said he said we were taking shots taking shots he said he had about four shots mm -hmm. and he woke up the next morning like six pounds less or five pounds less i don't know exact amount yeah and he went out and won mr olympia yeah and, and he was and he wasn't a drinker either and that was like the only time he did that one of my friends asked me one time he's like dude i have to lose like four pounds for my meat tomorrow what should i do i said take a couple shots of whiskey yeah pee it right out because <laughs> it's true your ki your kidneys literally just yeah yeah it, remove the water from your body yeah and well <laughs> talking about that a lot of bodybuilders use diuretics for that purpose like They'll, yeah, those are really dangerous. And too. you can you can actually kill yourself. Your oh, yeah. heart can actually stop going. That's why some people, when they drink too much, they their heart literally stops. Um, so that's just another reason why it's not good to drink because you can literally <laughs> crookshanks. You can literally, uh, yeah, just kill yourself. Well, one of the reasons bodybuilders and powerlifters also. Uh, the, one of the reasons that they have such a problem with diuretics is that they're not losing three to four pounds. They're losing like 25 pounds in like a week span or less sometimes of water. You're saying of water. Yeah. yeah. Like I was, uh, I listened to a podcast, um, Mark Krokoletsky. Okay. Um, and he said that he would drive in the middle of the summer to his meat, pretty sure it was him, um, with like a sweatsuit on. Mm. Back then it was just like garbage bags. Yeah. A sweatsuit, um, like a Nike sweatsuit with garbage bags, and he would crank the heat in his car. Yeah. And he would it was like a three hour drive and he would sweat out like twenty five pounds. Yeah, especially when you're when you're that big too. And also Oh yeah, if you weigh three hundred pounds, you need to weigh two seventy five. It's yeah, it's, it's all a percentage game. Yeah, really, you know. Yeah, if once you start to lose more than uh, uh, ten percent of your body weight in in water, then you're at the risk of just dying at any moment. Yeah. So if you weigh two hundred pounds, I mean, and I don't lose, know that, but that sounds yeah. Yeah, if you so if you're two hundred pounds and you lose ten percent, so twenty pounds, you're at the verge of actually your body just ceasing to work, which is that happened to me one time when I was. Uh, Working with my dad, I weighed two twenty. Hot day, I sweat out twenty pounds. So by the time I got home, and you were drinking water, yeah, I was drinking water. You're losing it faster than you could get it in. Yeah, you can't, and you want to also like have stuff, you know, like water with some salt, electrolytes, all that stuff. More so than even um. Well, that's the problem with sweating gator. and taking in regular water. Yeah, is you're just Dilute. drinking water. You're not sweating out just water. Yeah, it's minerals. It's salt. It's it's yeah you have to replace all that stuff too you got to replace that stuff too yeah <laughs> which is why salt is actually good for you not, well, not in high doses but people are afraid of salt it's like no you need salt yeah if you don't have any salt then your body your well everything actually won't work it'll just like <clears throat> your brain needs it too everything needs it to um to do electrical impulses yeah. so and and salt soaks up the liquid that you put into your body yeah so when you're um when you're hiking mm -hmm. or whatever you're doing something on a hot day um it's actually smarter for you to eat something salty like sunflower seeds yeah because you're ingesting salt and the salt is soaking up the water mm -hmm. um so the water that you drink you'll hold on to it yeah. more. your body won't purge it um the saying is um where salt goes water follows mm. so if you eat sunflower seeds and you're drinking water too, you'll actually feel better. Even though you think salt is going to like dehydrate you, it actually doesn't as it will dehydrate you as long as you don't drink more water. Yes. But if you drink more water too, it's, yeah, it's exactly. going to make you hold on to that. Yeah, exactly. More, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just a little fun fact there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but you know, going back to like 
drinking and stuff. It's like being dehydrated like that. Unless you put stick an IV in your arm, it takes like two days for your body to reach homeostasis from ingesting water. Yeah. Because it's got to go through all your organs and it's got to go through, it's got to go through your body so your body can create a hydrated body. Yeah. And you can actually, something that I read was you can, you can drink too much water and you're still not hydrated, but your body just has too much water in it. So it just purges it. Yeah. It's not actually absorbing it. It's just kind of this going through your going system. out. Yeah. I've had, I've had that happen before. That's, that's something I heard. I'm not a doctor. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a doctor. But that's what I've heard about. Like when people, they drink like. Uh, a ton of water after mm -hmm. like a, a a long night drinking or whatever, and they're totally dehydrated. Mm -hmm. You have to drink like Gatorade or like Pedialyte or something like that because yeah. it's got all those nutrients and shit in it. Yeah, or like some people just have you know salty foods. Or that. Well, yeah, they say like a, a high fat food. Yeah, will help you get over a hangover, but I don't really agree with that. Hangovers suck. Yeah, I agree. No matter what, you're not just going <laughs> to magically fucking fix a hangover. And now it's like, depending on how much you drink, it's like two days. Yeah. And like, one of the things I noticed through this process mm -hmm. was I would go lay down to go to sleep and uh, like, I couldn't like stop moving my legs. You know, I couldn't like get comfortable mm -hmm. because I was used to going to sleep while I'm like sedated. Gotcha. You know, so my body's just like, so it's like, what is this? Fully at rest. You know, I'll, you could fall asleep on the floor. You mean fall asleep anywhere when you're drunk enough. Yeah. But then, but the sleep's not quality sleep. No, it's so not you, <clears throat> like, but what I mean is you're not comfortable. Yeah. I got like, you. You can fall asleep on the couch with like your hand over your head and your, your legs all over the place. You're just passed out. Yeah. But like when you go to lay down to go to sleep and get like a real rest, like your body needs to get comfortable. Mm. Then all of a sudden you're laying there and it's like, God, why do I keep moving my legs around? Like, like do I have restless leg syndrome? Because <laughs> my legs are like moving around. But that that uh, went away pretty quickly. But how how long? It was did... a weird thing that I noticed because yeah. I, I felt like restless, even though I was like sitting on the couch yawning, like yeah. I need to go to sleep. You, see, you go lay down and it's like you can't go to sleep. How long did that take? Like a week or? Yeah, about a week or so. Yeah. And then I was like going to lay down and then like just waking up in the morning like eight hours of rest i'm like damn this is awesome <laughs> the only the only thing is like the nights are a little boring because that's what i'm used to doing i wasn't like an all-day drinker mm -hmm. I, I would be what would be considered a binge drinker probably i go yeah. go to work yeah i eat, I eat well mm -hmm. drink a lot of water go to the gym yeah eight o'clock comes around yeah get home between eight and like ten mm -hmm. that's when i would do it yeah, but hard. Right. And yeah. then go. So like three three four glasses of whiskey. Yeah. So like So that's like eight eight drink eight yeah. shots, made like a double, right? Yeah. So like three or four of those over the course of like two and a half hours or so. Yeah. And then you just fall asleep. <clears throat> and then you're like, okay, time to go to bed. Yeah. And then or you know, whatever. Like so, so it was it was a very short period of time. Yeah. The rest of the other twenty two hours of the day. Yeah, I was being a responsible adult. Yeah, so that's what, that's what <laughs> they would call like I don't know if you consider yourself an alcoholic or not, but um, like some people would consider that a functioning alcoholic. Like, um, yeah, as someone that you know you're still doing everything that you have to do, so you're still being responsible. But <clears throat> when you're being irresponsible with the drinking, you're being very irresponsible. Very irresponsible. So <laughs> you're like you're condensing it instead of spreading it out yeah, over yeah. like a whole day or half a day. She's like, okay, I'm going to go really hard for a couple of hours and then, and then I'm going to recover and then go hard again. Or right. like, especially on the weekends, like I'm sure like on, oh, the, on weekends, the weekend, it yeah. doesn't start at eight o'clock. Yeah. Then it, it started like, oh, okay. I went to the gym yep, at nah. 11. Mm -hmm. I got home at one. Yeah. Now I'm good. Let's go. Yeah. And then, and then by the time the night's over, mm -hmm. You're like fucking 15 drinks deep yeah because you started at one o'clock and now it's 10 yeah so you can even so if you're having one an hour yeah between one and 10 that's nine drinks yeah but if you're having two an hour yeah that i mean i, like I think 18 fucking drinks i would say i was similar to you and i think actually i'm not sure about this but i think most but it's a steady burn the whole day you yeah know? now you're not blacked out for seven hours i mean yeah sorry go ahead uh, that's okay you know I mean? um <clears throat> i think like probably uh, especially I think the majority of people are actually like 
the functional alcoholics. Oh, that's probably so like, 95% of people. And, and yeah. most people that are like that, they don't think they have a problem until they actually have a problem with the law or something like that. That was me. Like I had to get, you know, multiple DUIs before I ever thought I actually had a problem. And this, and so this is the whole thing. Like a lot more people have a problem than, than they think, but un, un, still, until they like actually get really sick or do they get in a car crash? Accountability like comes for you. Yeah. Then you're like, well, cause it's just you have to be accountable right now in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Be because before then it's like, no, I'm just having fun. This is fun. Yeah. It's you all, know? you know, you're invincible. Yeah, exactly. Until you're not. <laughs> I mean, dude, there's people who, um, they'll get in like a, like a bar fight. Yeah. Go out and get drunk and get in a bar fight. And it's not 1975 anymore. So people don't just dust each other off and go home. Like you go to jail. Yep. And now you just made a $10,000 mistake. Yeah. It's and expensive. it's like, huh? I don't even remember punching that guy in the face because mm -hmm. I was so blacked out. Yeah. What else have I done stupid that, you know, that I didn't even know about? No one told me. And and, and you also think like, ooh, I got away with that. Mm. You know, like you do something bad mm. when you're drinking. The next day you're like, I got away with it. It's almost, it's a weird mental. You feel good. It's like, it's like. You got one over on yourself almost. Yeah. Like, I was acting like a total fool yesterday, mm -hmm. but here I am. I'm good. But eventually it catches up to you. <laughs> like Jordan Peterson says that he's never, ever seen anyone in his clinical practice that ever, ever got away with anything. Yeah. It I always mean, catches up to you. It you, always comes for you. Yeah. So you might get away with it for a long time, but eventually um, you're fucked. And when you, when it comes, it's going to be a lot worse. <laughs> That's how I tend to yeah, think about well, it. One of the uh, excuse me, um, one of the things that Jordan Peterson said. You just mentioned that. So he, there's a, a high percentage. I don't know exactly what the percentage is of people who commit murder mm. are drunk. Yeah, and a very high percentage of the people who get murdered yeah, are like, drunk. Yeah. And I remember watching a, like a true crime story a few years ago about this couple that would, um, you know, they would get drunk at, in their house Yeah. and, you know, they would be having a great time. And this is how a lot of fights start, as we know, Yeah. you're having a great time and then you're not having a great time. You go, you go from one extreme to the other. You're yeah. having a great time together. You're drinking, you're, you're dancing in the kitchen, you're drinking, you're singing so, you know, you're putting music on, you're, and all of a sudden something happens. Yeah. And it switches mm. to like the worst fucking fight in the world. Yeah. What is that? And right? that, that happened to this couple. Mm. And his wife shot him in the head. Wow. She like, she like threatened him with the gun. Like, if you don't shut up, I'm going to, and it went off. Wow. There's a lot of stories like that. That's just one that I've heard of, but there are a lot of stories like that where the f the good time turns into a huge fight. Hmm. Like like I'm going to fucking kill you kind of fight. Um not literally obviously, but I'm saying for the oh. point of that story, yeah. like literally she Sometimes. killed him. Yeah. Because like we were talking about earlier, hmm. you don't care about anything. No. Who gives a shit? I'll point a gun at your at your head. It's like Oh my God, it gives me like goosebumps <laughs> even thinking about like, could you imagine getting that angry at somebody? Yeah. Fuck. Crazy. No, thanks. Yeah. No, I don't, I'm not a gun person anyway. So <laughs> I don't have one. I'm surprised. I don't plan on owning one. I grew up in the city, dude. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you don't want any of that. Heard enough gunshots. Every, everyone. <laughs> they, everyone they, guns were never for anything good. We didn't grow up in this shitty around, town around, like that. Around here, it's it's just you know <laughs> self defense slash yeah, no, um, gangsters and drug dealers have guns where I come from. It's not like a guy um, that's going to the range to let off some steam. That was never even yeah. That's how it fought. is around here. Or hunting or yeah. yeah. Well, I would like I would like to learn how to hunt, but I would like to learn with a bow. Yeah, that's. I feel what, like there's a little bit more skill involved. There that. is. There, there's like, and I like training for stuff. So yeah, be like. Talking about cool. training, we're going to talk about <laughs> – um, we're going to do this podcast before we went – well, you went to the meet. I was there yeah. to record. Uh -huh. um, 
there was a goal that Brian always had to, to squat 500 pounds. And, um, the last time he was at a meet, he squatted, uh, 460 or something like 463. that. 463. And like a lot of stuff was going on in his life, but by not drinking, he was able to do it. Right. So yeah, that was, uh, it's been six weeks. So, uh, the training period was 12 weeks Yeah, and I had cut back considerably yeah. for that. And I noticed your strength was going up like, well, at least your recovery was going up like crazy oh, yeah. during that time. So I had cut back, excuse me, considerably before that. Yeah. Um, and then when I stopped completely, it's crazy. Um, it was the last six weeks of the training and I, um, I hit a 20 pound PR. Yeah. Um, in training. So I squatted 485 in training. And I surprised myself with that. Yeah, that was crazy. But I'm, I'm telling you with a hundred percent, like honesty and accuracy, I never would have been able to do that without had I not had the rest and recovery that I was gaining from not drinking and going to sleep. Yeah. Cause you're already very, very strong. So like a gain like that, and you've been working out for what, like how many years I was 22 or three. So like 12 years. Yeah. So 12 years, like gains of 40 pounds on your squat within like what, like six months or whatever. The last meet was December 7th or 6th. Yeah. That that's pretty big jump. And then I kind of screwed off for like two months yeah. working out because when you come back from a training like that hmm. and you go back in the gym, you're like, okay, what am I going to do? I don't have anything. To, I, don't, I don't have like, there's no mission. Yeah. There's no mission. So yeah. you just go in there and move your arms around. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, once the training started again, I was supposed to do May 7th, but the meat got sold out, which gotcha. I was so upset about. And I had started training for like four weeks oh, up yeah. to then because you have to sign up for it like 10 weeks out. Yeah. Um, but it got sold out. So. I quickly found another one in Philly and signed up for that. Um, and then it kind of had to restart the training. Yeah. So then I had my mission again <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's not a confusing program. Mm -hmm. It's all percentage based, based on the max efforts that you've done in the past. Yeah. Just keep it simple. <clears throat> so I had all of my max efforts in there and then it just populates the, the program mm -hmm. based on the week. So the, the fourth week out is your overload week. And then you kind of come down the mountain, as I say, yeah. um, for the last three weeks. And that was when I did the 485. Oh, okay. And I was talking to one of my friends and he was like, he was like, dude, you got 500 easy. And I was like, I don't know. Cause it's, it's like. 499 and a half pounds is not 500. Yeah, it's in your 501 pounds is 500. It's two pounds different. Yeah. It's literally less than a percent, but like it's all mental. Yeah, so much of it's mental for sure. Like if you and like before you did it, you had to tell yourself, oh, I'm actually going to do it. Right? Yeah. Like if, if you were like, oh, I'm kind of, I don't know, then it will never happen. Well, like, remember? You know, it's, it's kind of, kind of a, a good, not a metaphor, but like a lesson for life, for things. It's like you see something that you want to do, but you don't think you can do it. Mm. And you tell yourself, you self-sabotage. Yeah. You say, I can't do that. Yeah. I'll never be somebody that's able to do that. Mm -hmm. And you go out there and you train mm. your ass off. And then when the day comes to do it and you do it, you're like, fuck, I did it. Holy yeah. shit. What else can I do? 500 pounds is, is that's heavy to a, to a normal gym rat is, is impressive. But when you go to the meet, I mean, there's people squatting 600 pounds. Yeah. So it's like, okay, <laughs> what do I have to do to get to that now? Yeah. The next step. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's like one of those personal goals, you know? And I, I was watching a, uh, uh, a talk that Eddie Cohen did 
because he squatted like 900 pounds at one point. And he was and, a lighter guy. He was only like 200. And he's only like 5'4", 5'5". Yeah, that's true. He's a little Probably shorter. like 5'2 now. Yeah. That's what he said. And that's what he said in his uh, podcast he did with, I think, Mark Bell. <laughs> uh, you know, as you get older, you're... Especially squatting that much, it kind of sh- shrinks your yeah. spine a little bit maybe over time. Yeah, well, before <laughs> um, Louis Simmons died, he said, he said, I've lost like four inches in height over the years just from all the weight that I put on my back. Yeah. Um, but gravity. What I was going to say was uh, he said – somebody asked him a question mm. from the audience and they said, what does 900 pounds feel like when you – like what did it feel like when you did that? Mm. Um, and he asked him – I think he asked him – well, what's how much have you squatted or something like that? And he said, the most I've ever done is 500 pounds. Mm. So you have a this kid who did 500 pounds mm. and Eddie Cohen has done 900. And what he said was 900 pounds to me felt like 500 pounds to you. Yep. It's all mental. Yep. It's just weight. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good lesson too because it's like this guy, greatest powerlifter ever, he's right. Like, 500 pounds is really fucking heavy, Mm. but not to somebody who's done 800 pounds. Yeah. But it's really heavy to somebody who can only do 200. Yeah. You just don't have that uh, capacity yet, or you might not ever. Well, you might not ever, but it's, that's the mental aspect of it. Yeah. It's like pushing through a boundary that you've never pushed through before. Mm. Is it feels the same no matter what the weight is. Yeah. No, I know what you're you can saying. use that for life too. You know, yeah. like if you've never made a hundred thousand dollars a year yep. and that's been a goal your whole life, your whole life, your whole life, your whole life, and you finally make a hundred grand. Yeah. That might be like a business owner making his first million. Mm. It's the same feeling. Yeah. And then also <clears throat> once you make that, because that's your new like normal, if you make less than that, yeah, like- that is very depressing. <laughs> Like, so if you're making like $10 million a year and then one year you make 5 million, you're like, I suck. Mm. But yeah. someone else, you know, most people would be like, that's amazing. <laughs> make 5 million. Yeah. <laughs> but then if you're making it, if you're making 5 million yeah, and you just kept making 5 million for 10 years, you would be depressed. Oh yeah. You'd be like, you'd be upset. looking at your Ferrari in the garage going, I need a new, <laughs> I want, really want a Bugatti. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I have a Bugatti like Fred over there? Your perception is off. <laughs> yeah. But like I, I was, t- um, uh, telling a story a couple weeks ago. Um, cause I drove like an old car mm. for, I mean, I was 27 driving a 22 year old car, 23 year old car. It's broken all the time. I knew how to fix it, but I didn't want to drive a 22-year-old car anymore. Yeah. So I got my first ever brand new car when I was 27. Mm. I felt like the fucking king of the road (laughs) because it was my first new car. Some kids' parents buy them a new car when they're in high school and a nicer one than I have. Yeah. But for me, that was an accomplishment. Yeah. Because that's what I'm not – I was used to like – have an anxiety driving down the road. My car's going to break down now. I have a car that's brand new and it's not going to mess up, you know, but it's only a $25,000 car. Yeah. It's interesting. But that guy who's got a Ferrari in his garage, he's like, man, I really want a better Ferrari. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this one's old, whatever. <laughs> this is a four year old Ferrari. I want a new one. <laughs> So it's like, again, it's like the perspective, right? Yeah. Some guy who's got his, who's been driving an old beat up piece of shit for the last five mm-hmm. years, finally gets himself a new car. He's going to feel the same way as a guy who always wanted a Porsche. Yeah. When he finally gets to buy his Porsche. Yeah. And I, I think all that stuff is not bad. It, it's good because as humans, we always want to, to, or at least we should strive for better. You know, maybe sometimes it's bad with material stuff, but in general, there's always, there's always more capacity for you to open up. And especially like once I've gotten sober, um, I've noticed that 
like my horizon, like everything I, my possibilities of what I can do is like tenfold. Um, and I'm sure some people that have been sober, even for just a little bit, have seen that before, but it, it really just opens up like your ability. Cause you're not, cause you're not ha having to, you know, um, manage the hangovers. You're getting the, the right sleep. You have more energy. So you can just accomplish. Well, you're it. deriving happiness from a substance. Yeah. You're not getting it from what you do in life. Yeah, so you're not really trying to 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 do the best. In I don't life. need I don't need to go and make more money. I'm just going to go home and drown myself in a bottle of whiskey. Yeah, that'll make me feel good. It's it's so that's it's, it's easy. Stupid. It's stupid and easy, but it's easy and yeah. it's and it's satisfying to some. Why do you think uh, people are addicted aspect. to heroin? They literally look like they just crawled out of a dumpster. Yeah, but but it, they can't help themselves. Yeah, because that's their escape and they're. Whatever satisfaction they're getting from the heroin, and I've never done it, so I don't know what it feels like, but it's obviously more important than getting yourself straight and going and get a job, because yeah. that's hard. Yeah, that that's what they, I forget where I heard this, but they were talking about, um, like somewhere I heard this, pretty much talking about how um, you have to make your life a more fun adventure than the drinking is to you. And for some people, that can be very hard. Very hard. Um, especially, you know, if you're starting out with like, you know, you're having trouble paying your bills, all these kind of things. It's like, well, where am I going to find enjoyment? And it could be even simple stuff as like just helping, helping people out just here and there. You don't have, you don't have to start big is, is the whole thing I'm trying to say. It's like, um, yeah, it could just be small little increments. And then over time it grows into this awesome adventure. Like what you were talking about um with me over the weekend that you're always like well you've been you've been like everywhere um, a lot of places a lot of places not everywhere but <laughs> like i'm i'm so jealous of that cuz you you've been, you've you know climbed all these mountains and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah uh i would say to the point of not getting your happiness and your numbness from drinking um, that's one of the things that I noticed after hmm. was like, my evenings aren't fun anymore, but I'm, I'm literally sitting there on the couch. It's nine 30. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to bed at like 11. What am I going to do for the next hour and a half? Hmm. And you just, you just, you put your hands up in the air and you're like, well, I could have like a couple shots and have a couple beers and. Yeah. And watch a movie. That would be that would kill an hour and a half, but you don't do that. So you have to figure out something else to do. And pretty much what I started doing was um I mean, I just watch a movie or something. Yeah. You know? But it's hard to do stuff at night. Yeah. And I when I don't have my son with me cuz he occupies my time till about 9:30. Mm -hmm. But then you just find yourself aimlessly scrolling on your phone. Yeah. Getting some kind of, kind of stimulation. But um, I've been thinking about what other things I can do to get that satisfaction from. I feel and yeah, like you mentioned before, like going traveling and hiking and all that stuff and going to new places. That's a lot of fun, but that's not every day. No. It's a it's a concentrated period of time in one year, yeah. you know, one week out of fifty two, yeah, or two weeks out of fifty two. I, I guess it actually comes down not so much to happiness, but more meaning, like the meaning in your life. So even if you're not doing something like extravagant every night that makes you over the moon excited, reading, yeah, but like or just like. You're doing things in your life that you know are are positive, at least it's for me. And even if like maybe my nights aren't as fun, at least there there's there's meaning behind what I'm doing. Like I'm trying to to um just like just do the right things and you know, have fun with family and friends and all these, these types of things. But I know what you're saying. It can, it can be hard yeah. like when there's nothing. You almost to... want it to just be bedtime so you can go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, because here's the thing too. I feel accomplished at the end of the day. Well, that's all you need then. Like I go to work. Yeah. 
sometimes it's not the most fun, but I work and I do do my job. Mm. I'm good at my job. You know, I get satisfaction from that. Um, go to the gym for two hours. That's my, my self care for the day. Yeah. Get home at like eight. Sometimes I don't want to make myself food, but I will. <laughs> and I look at the dishes and I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that today. And then it's eight 30 and you're like, okay, well, I went to work. Mm -hmm. I went to the gym. I busted my ass there. I made money. I did something physical. Mm -hmm. I go I'm good. Yeah. I got my satisfaction for the day. Yeah. So then what else? Then you just want to relax. Yeah. You, you don't really have like, like recently I, I feel useless relaxing. You feel useless. <laughs> oh no. That, so that's the hard thing. And I've just, I've recently literally in the past week finally been able to actually not feel guilty of me relaxing and, and uh, like just being high off life. Like you said, yeah. like, okay, I, I, I went to work, I worked out, um, whatever else I need, like for me, school work, like I did all these things. Okay. You did enough for a day. Yeah. You can allow yourself sure. to feel good and you don't need an external thing like alcohol or whatever to make it so it's okay to feel good. Cause this is a, this is a problem too. Like a lot of people, um, for whatever reasons, they, they don't, they don't think that they should feel good, I guess. Just it's, existing. Yeah. Like just existing. And cause like you were talking about when, when like you would be in nature and you would become like one with nature and all these things. And when I finally like allow myself even just in this environment to just be like, okay, I'm good. Like I can just, yeah, I can just be here in the moment. And then you feel like I literally, sometimes I, I, I talk to Monique and I'm like, like, I feel like high or drunk right now. And I, I don't have any substances in me <laughs> right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, it's so weird because, um, I never actually thought that was possible and I've been, That's uh, possible. yeah, I've been like three, uh, three years sober and I just started to feel like that. Uh -huh. I didn't even know that was actually a thing. I know when I was a kid, I felt like that, yeah. but it's been so long that I'm like, how the fuck do you just feel good? Just existing. Right. It's a weird thing, but you literally, you don't have to do anything. Well, I live a life of high stimulus, right? Yeah. So, so that's... if I'm not stimulated by something, mm. including alcohol, yeah. I feel like not worthless, but yeah, maybe that's the right word. That's, I, I, know, I get what you're saying. It's like an athlete trains his ass off hard mm. um, to be the best. Mm. You work your ass off at work to make as much money as you can for yourself. Mm. And you go home and you drink hard too because you're living in ex this excessive uh, like mental headspace. You know, I'm not a millionaire, but I don't mean excess as in buying Ferraris and, you know, going out to ex doing expensive stuff. I just mean like I have to have some kind of stimulus going on like one like it's almost like having a vice you know yeah. like like you're you're moving from one vice to the next basically but a positive one like, like a vice is considered something that's like uh like abusive to your body like smoking or tobacco or doing some kind of drug you know a vice is something that what it like distracts you from it kind of withdraws you from reality a yeah little bit, right so and drinking like, is definitely probably the biggest one for people. Yeah. When he talked about that, like for, uh, it's can like, I just say really quick? Yeah, sure. The alcohol turns my brain off. Gotcha. From having to feel that excess. Yeah. So then I'm good. Then I'm chilling because I'm not thinking about it. So sorry. Yeah, no, I just, so, I was going to forget that. That's no, okay. <laughs> like, um, I, for me, it's, it's, the the main problem is a self-worth problem like with society and stuff like you're talking about the money and and the working out and all these things like these are all good things um but growing up at least i was kind of told 
that you got to be like the best at everything. And that's not even, that's not even realistic. And so like, so you're constantly as a man, constantly beating yourself up saying, Oh, I don't have enough money. Oh, I'm, I'm not strong enough. Oh, I'm whatever, not fun enough. So then I, you drink. So you think you're funny, even though you're not (laughs) a lot of times. Um, so all these kind of things, they stem from a place of not having self-worth and not thinking that you can, um, that you can be happy with just who you are. Like, I, I know like some people get too much about that. Like, Oh, just be happy. You're like really, really overweight. Oh, just be happy. Um, but but there is something to be said about that of at some point you have to be okay with who you are. And if you're not okay with who you are, then you're just going to constantly seek out these things to numb you and stimulate you from the reality that you're, that you're trying to escape. Yeah. I I've always felt even from when I was a kid, like I was different from everybody else, you know, like my, the way that I think about stuff, like, there's guys out there that can drive a forklift for 20 years. I'm not one of those guys. You want to be like the best at whatever you do. I would like to be the best. I would like to be really good. Yeah. And I mean that from a point of like humility because like there are th- some things like in my career that I'm the best at. I'm not. There's a million people that do my job. Mm. But in my in what I do, yeah, I'm one of the best. But that doesn't give me as much satisfaction as picking up 500 pounds. Yeah. It just doesn't. Because physically speaking, that's more <laughs> accomplishing to me than knowing how to, you know, be a project manager. Yeah. I'm good at it. Hmm. But it's, maybe it's something that has to do with stimulating your central nervous system. The gym has always been my go to yes might feel good mm-hmm. you know and a lot of people don't think that they have other things that make them feel good like whether it's trying to figure out how to make more money or or um i don't know yeah but that's always been my thing that i i know it's always going to reset me hmm. you know i'm always going to feel better after i go there yeah no i'm i'm the same way like if you have a crappy day but i'm whatever. not the best gym guy i'm not the strongest no. person in the world yeah. But I have my goals. Yeah. But it, I don't, it's just like, I don't know. It's just like really in my head right now about this whole, Sorry. like, <laughs> about this whole self worth thing. And yeah. it's like, it's an issue. It's such a huge issue. And I mean, it's the same with women too. Like, it's not just a man issue of this whole never being good enough. What would you say would be the contributing factor? You know, how not like you specifically, but like for a man, you don't have to like, like I, I wouldn't give you a specific thing of my own, but it's like, I feel like I'm good enough. You feel like you're good enough, but there are other people that don't think that I am. So, so you're, that, try, you're so trying that, to, so that makes me think that I'm not, so like, you're try- I think I'm good enough, gotcha. but I think that other people think that I'm not. So then that fucks with my own head. Yes. I so think- I'm like, Okay, maybe I'm not good enough. Yeah, then because I failed a lot of shit. You're questioning failed yourself. Relationships failed. Um, you know, like I hated going to college and school. Like I, I felt like a loser because I like, I didn't want to be there. Yeah. I wasn't like those people. I yeah. did it because you wanted to it. fit in. It's a certain yeah, extent. I pretty much. Yeah, I mean, yeah. where was I gonna go? I didn't. I wasn't gonna go to the military. Yeah. So, but like, I, I've always felt good enough doing what I want to do, but you kind of weave through society because you're expected to do shit. No, this is, this is like, I think honestly we're getting somewhere because this is so true. Um, yeah, that, that hits hard because yeah, when you're doing what you want to do and, and it's, it's good, it's healthy. Um, that's when you feel the best, but then you have all these other people kind of probing, no, you got to do this. No, you got to go to school. No, you got, and that takes away from your 
authenticity, I guess, and who you truly are. Like, that's the whole thing that I'm dealing with now. I got, you know, the ability to, to like pursue like, you know, construction jobs and stuff for good money. But that's not who I truly feel that I am and want to be. Like, I, I want to help other people with, with, with their issues. So I'm going to school and doing all these things that I, don't want to do once again but you have to have the degree to um well yeah of to, course there is there is some work that needs to be done yeah here is is another as far as that goes like and if you if you compare it to powerlifting i think a lot of guys will agree with this the meat is the easiest part yeah it's only nine lifts yeah so work Behind. The shit that you have to do for the 12 weeks leading up to it is yeah. the pain in the balls. And most people can't do it. And most people don't know how much work fucking went into it. And this is so fucking hard. This, this, <laughs> this is the same thing like you see on. But when you uh, get my point is, sorry, yeah. is the job is the meat. Yes. The four years of college blows. Yeah. You're not going to use 90% of that shit. Yeah. I know I don't. It's just a pain in the ass just because. So you have it <laughs> so that you can be qualified to go and learn. And then you're just going to learn on the job stuff anyway. Yeah. No, that's, that's very true. <laughs> and, and like, this is another thing why people don't feel good enough is because they see these posts like on like social media and they see somebody, you know, living this amazing life, but they don't see all the the hard hardships behind it. they just see the end result of like 10 20 30 years of busting their ass like yeah you know not spending a dime you know it's like just just living a very tough life so they that in the end they could they could have this life they wanted but it's not yeah. easy and it's they not easy care that they had to sleep on the no. floor of their warehouse that they just rented mm-hmm. for five thousand dollars a month but they have no home yeah so they put a little they put a little bedroom off to the side mm-hmm. and they sleep in their warehouse for a year and a half until they actually make it. Mm-hmm. But but they don't give a shit yep. what anybody thinks about them. Yeah. That's my problem. I care what people think about me. Yeah. Even though I want to do what I want to do and like yeah. not be judged for it, it goes back to what I said before. It's like I'm worried that people are going to – it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy almost where you like – you you want to do what you want to do but you're going to you're judging yourself because you think that people are judging you but really they don't give a shit <laughs> they really true. don't it, but it's a mental <laughs> this thing is true. you think you think that people care about what you're doing yeah. because of the things they say they're, to you but they don't they're too much in their own minds thinking about <laughs> oh my god what is he thinking of me well have you ever told somebody about a a plan that you have like hey i'm going to start a business yeah. well, why would you do that yeah and you're like, hmm, why would I do that? It's, I'm not going to be able to do this. It's very rare you find somebody that's supportive. But I've been supportive with your <laughs> with your ideas. Yeah, no, and, I know, which is really hard to find. And, like, there are people out there like that. But there are some people that I've told this one about of, it. They just want to rain on your parade. Yeah, because, you but know. Why, why do they want to do that? Because I they look don't. at them and I'm like, dude, you have a nice house. You have a nice car. You have a beautiful family. And I just told you about something that I want to do and you just shit all over me because they don't want people to be better. Than them. <laughs> but why does that make me better than them? It, it doesn't, but <laughs> I don't want to be better than anybody. That's true. I, I, it's just like a weird, yeah, it's, it's, it's not better. You're right. It's just like, I don't know why people, because I don't, if people like that guy might be miserable or something Maybe. and not, I don't, I don't know either. Honestly, it's these like, are weird it's like, questions. It's like, no, it's answer. like competing to have the hottest chick, you know? Yeah. My girlfriend's hotter than yours, bro. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but your girlfriend's a bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. You know what I mean? I wouldn't deal with that shit. And it's like... Typically, it's the case. But that's the... It's like... It's like catching the biggest fish. Mm-hmm. It's like having the biggest boat. Yeah. Having the nicest car. Yeah. It's It's all... And it's all not real. No. It's... Yeah, it's it's interesting because, yeah, all that kind of the stuff. Car's just metal really... and shit that moves around and nuts and bolts. Mm-hmm. Who cares if you spent seventy thousand dollars on your car? Mm. I mean, it's a nice car. I would definitely drive it, but I can't afford it. And <laughs> I like my car. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. But why do you think you're more important than me? Because you have a Mercedes and I have a Volkswagen. Yeah, it's it's like the values are messed up with all that kind of stuff because that's not really important. Like, And a lot of the people that you meet in the real world who have a lot of money, they don't drive Mercedes. No. They drive like a Toyota pickup that's like 10 years old. Oh, yeah, because they're taking their money and putting it into stocks. Or... Well, because every penny they spend on their company matters to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't want to be... They don't want to be draining it onto these things that they don't really need, unless like they're in their like sixties or seventies. Then they're like, okay, well, oh, yeah, I, I, I gotta enjoy this. <laughs> but yeah, especially early on, it's like, yeah, no, it, keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, no, this is like, you know, this is a lot of stuff. I'm like really thinking hard about some stuff. <laughs> it's true though. It's like this this need for validation from. uh other people which like you said no one even gives a shit for the most part yeah um like who cares just do you just do what makes you happy and hopefully you know it can sustain you financially so you can have what you need yeah but that's like truly the most important part once you have over your needs it you know if you're like working a job that you just hate but you know you're making lots of money it's just like sucks the soul out of you. So like it's yeah, it, it's good short term maybe, but long term, how good is it? You know, you're gonna come home and yell at your wife. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna come home and treat your kids like shit because you have to get up at six a.m. every day and drive to New York City. Yeah, and and you're a slave. You you're a slave. It. Yeah, and that company doesn't give a shit about you anyway because if they closed their doors, you'd have you you'd just have no job. Yeah, you you can't. You always have to remember that at any given day you walk into work. Mm. They could tell you to leave and never come back. Yeah, that's this is the problem with like with with a lot of people. They think like you know job security. They don't no give a shit, dude. They will literally. What happened in COVID? Yeah, all those companies that shut down. Well, this is becoming more of a reality. People are are seeing <laughs> it more, but like, yeah, it, it's such bullshit. Like, and and you should really be trying to do something that you actually enjoy, but it's hard to do to make it, uh, you know, financially. Um, sometimes the most fun jobs aren't the most high paying, <laughs> <laughs> which sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Some of the ones that fill your soul, they like, don't fill your pocket. Right. <laughs> yeah. So maybe there's a, there's like a, there's like a happy medium there. You can yeah. Try to find like my job is, you know, I'm good at what I do. I get satisfaction out of it. Mm. Um, it's not the most satisfying every second of the day that I'm there, mm. but there's a reason I'm there. Yeah. When we get a big job, I'm excited. Yeah. Not only because I know that I'm still going to be getting paid, mm. like the last company that I worked for, we had no work. Mm. I was just waiting for that that door to open uh, to say, "Hey, Brian, you're out of here." Yeah, I was going to work nervous every day. Yeah, it's like there's no money coming in the front door. How are they paying us every week? <laughs> but I get a good job at work. I'm like, man, we're helping make the company money. Yeah, hey, I feel good. That's my that. job security, honestly. Yeah. Is like knowing the company is doing well mm. means that I'm going to do well. Yeah. True. So plus I work with awesome people. So that's huge. It yeah. took me to 35 years old to work with people I actually like. Yeah. Your boss sounds like a really <laughs> fun guy. You, you were hanging out with him at the beach or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. And it's nice. It's nice to not have a boss who thinks he's better than everybody. Oh my God. It's annoying when that happens. Like, I mean, and just, and one of the things about not being happy at work is when you're making good money, but your boss is treating you like a peasant. Mm. Dude, I'm a man just like you are. Yeah, yeah. You make more money than me. Yes. You own the company. Correct. But you don't, that's not a license to treat me like shit. Yeah. And honestly, the, the bosses that treat their employees the best and respect them and respect their, um, their thoughts are the ones that end up, you know, they're getting they're getting all this great insight from their employees and then they're just the best companies because the employees want to help. Yeah. They want to help. They're like, let me please, you know, if the, if the boss is treating you like crap all the time, you're like going to do the bare minimum. You get a yeah. boss that cares about you. You're going to bend over backwards and try to do whatever you can to help out that business succeed. Yeah. Words of affirmation. Yeah. When you do a good job mm -hmm. are extremely important for me. Yeah. Good job, Brian. That's mm -hmm. all I need. Yep. Thank you. My boss calls me. I get off the phone with him. He says, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate you. Mm. I'm like, I'm going to jump on this shit right now. Yeah. 
Whereas before, be like, Brian, I need you to do this. Okay, when do you need it? Friday. It's Tuesday. Hmm. Eh, I'll do it on Friday. <laughs> Seriously, that's what goes through your mind. You're like, well, yeah. He was a dick to me last week. I'll do it when I. I'll do it when I have the time. Yeah. No, it's. it's Whereas you, you get like motivation from people who kind of share the same, um, mentality. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, I would love to do that for you. I'm going to do it right now and get it to you before the end of the day. Yeah. You get around those types of people <clears throat> that give you energy instead of take it. And it just, it just keeps building on itself and mm -hmm. you, you're excited to, to go into work and you're excited to help out as much as possible. And everyone just keeps supporting each other. Throughout the whole There's process. guys that wake up in the morning and they go, Oh, I don't <laughs> want to do this. And I feel for those guys because I know what that feels like. Yeah. No, same. It's like, okay, I'm going to be there from seven to three 30 mm -hmm. and every six minutes i'm looking at the clock and those types of jobs make you, make you want a freaking drink that's for sure <laughs> i can't wait to get home and take a fucking shot because you have <laughs> there's there's no like meaning there's no like no you're not satisfied yeah there's no all. satisfaction so of course the first thing like you want to do when you get home is like oh let me just forget about this day you know yeah i've had those <laughs> days where i'm just like it's I got out of work at five. Stop five thirty. Yeah. Stop at the liquor right. store. No, no better time than now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... I'm not working out today because <laughs> I don't want to fucking go because I had a shit day at work. Yeah. And I feel like shit. Mm. So I'll just do this and it'll make me feel better. Yeah. I've had way too many days like that. Yeah. It, I I realized that it was a problem. I realized that I was doing it to cover pain that I was actually going through, hmm. you know, whether it be emotional or, um, you know, just life situation. When I was like 26 or seven ish, <clears throat> I felt fucking worthless, man. Hmm. I, I had a college degree. I had a job that was pay paying me like nothing. I felt like they didn't care. There was nowhere for me to go hmm. in the company. I didn't really want to get another job. I kind of just wanted to make more money at the company I was with because I did like the company. Hmm. But when you look at all the people around you and you're like, okay, I'm not going to take that guy's job. <laughs> They're not just going to give me a raise. I'm going to be doing the same thing. Hmm. A, a, a raise to me is a promotion. Hmm. So you're a junior project manager, you become a project manager. Your project manager, you become a senior project manager. Your senior project manager, you become a VP. These are the ladder. This is the steps you got to go up. Hmm. I felt worthless because I knew I wasn't going anywhere. Thanks for listening to Alternatives to AA. If you would like to contact us directly, please shoot us an email at alternatives2aa2021 at gmail.com. We also hope that you continue to join us on Mondays at 6 p.m. You can watch us live on YouTube. You can subscribe to us that way as well. You can leave us a five-star rating and follow us on Spotify. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, we ask that you please leave a rating and an honest review. We'll see you next week. Bye.